0: Good morning welcome to another episode of catapult your career uh, where we delve into the reality of various careers uh, and explore practical advice uh, to enter numerous professions Uh, and today i'm really pleased and honoured that i have a a lovely lady in super julie braun who's a founder and ceo of super purposes to join me in our conversation today how are you julie
1: I am fantastic Michael and you know as always call me SJ because we're friends. Um doing great. I'm here in Southern California in America and it is very hot out today.
0: Yes. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. Th- thanks uh, thanks SJ uh, for for kind of uh, for that. And and what 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 is it? What's the heat like over there? I know you you mentioned in passing but how how hot are we talking?
1: Today it's going to be a hundred and eleven degrees right. Fahrenheit, which is what is that Celsius?
0: I I think I checked, and it's something like 42. <laughs> forty two. So forty for my uh, for my kind of English uh, yeah. English kind of co- uh, cohorts. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna balk when you when you say those numbers. That's that's hot.
1: It's very hot, but it's very hot here all summer. And it is the desert, so anyway, yes. that's what you Definitely. get.
0: <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed, and and you know, to introduce yourself, uh, SJ, as I as I said, you're the, both the CEO and the founder of Super Purposes. Yeah. Um, but what what is Super Purposes? What does Super Purposes do?
1: Well, what we focus in on is we help people in a very short amount of time get the purpose filled career that they deserve. And I think what a lot of people do, um, you know, we're, we're actually launching a new online course in September, October of this year. And what a lot of people do is they say things like, I work hard so I can play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a career changer. And when I think of those people and when I hear that, I'm kind of like, "Ah, oh, I feel so bad for them. Because I feel like they're spending their 40 hours a week in America. Most of our full-time jobs are 35 to 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I think they are kind of doing the job. They don't really love it just so they can get to the weekend where they can have experiences, have adventures, party with their friends, celebrate with their family. And it's a very difficult existence because let's face it, a week is much longer than a weekend. Yeah. And so we want to help people find the thing that lights them up. It's different from a dream job, which always feels like a myth to me. It always feels like a fantasy. When you have a meaningful job that has purpose and that aligns with your mission in life, like, why are we all here? That's the question I ask often is, why are you here? And very often our clients will say, well, you know, I have my family. They'll go to whatever is closest to them. But I go back to, no, I'm just talking about you. I'm not talking about your family, your relationships. Why are you here? Why were you born? Yeah. And it gets people into that mindset of, oh, my gosh, I maybe have a, a more important reason to do the things I do and we take them in 12 weeks from I don't know where to start all the way to managing multiple job offers so that's what we do
0: it sounds pretty awesome to me uh, sj I, I think i think in the, there's so many kind of Insightful things you shared with us that I hope kind of listeners can kind of take on board, and I reckon there is a lot of people who, unfortunately, will be kind of nodding along as they listen. That, as we say in the UK, they live for the weekend, like just what you said. They they just kind of grind it out just to get to that weekend, and it's it's a shame. Like you said, it's a, you, you feel almost sorry when you hear people in that state, don't you?
1: Yeah, You, you don't have to have that life, um, mm. and I think once when you do get a purpose-filled career, you will never go back to working a job that's a grind. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do grind work because it's, you know, I have to pay the bills and maybe things aren't going great and I have to do a couple side hustles. Um, Maybe I have to do a couple consulting gigs or do speaking engagements. And it's not really my core thing that I'm doing here as a founder and CEO, But I find joy and I find purpose and meaning in that work now, too. So it kind of changes your perspective, your attitude, and it brings a whole lot more happiness and contentment to your life. And I found this um, about... 10 years ago, really, Super Purposes has only been around for five years. We're still a startup. But 10 years ago, I started going through this major change in my life. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did is I got sober. So I was, um, you know, drinking a lot. I was, have been drinking for over 37, 38 years. That's a long time. And I realized that I wanted to spend the second half of my life differently. So I got sober. That was the first hurdle that I jumped over. The next one was I started to release all of my material um, things. So I got rid of my house, my car, my stuff, and I became a digital nomad. And then I started finding more and more purpose in my actions which led me to super purposes, and it really kind of clued me in that I was discovering my own liberation. And once, when I experienced my own liberation and freedom of all of the trappings, the material trappings, and you know everything. And, and by the way, you know if, if somebody owns a home or drives a car, a fancy car, I'm not mad at them. I actually, I'm like, good for you. It's just, it's changed my life. So, from that liberation, it has really helped us at Super Purposes understand that we want to help other people find their liberation.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: it is a remarkable thing that happens. We've helped in my career, we've helped over 17,000 people find their purpose filled career. And it's been
0: a total blast. Amazing. I mean, that's that's some number. To you know, you talk about you know trying yeah. to find a perfect, you know, job and career. Um, you know that that is some legacy to leave behind. That kind of number of seventeen thousand people. And I, I the, again, just picking up and reflecting on some of the, the, the things you said. You know, you mentioned about the, you know, tr- your own transition to more being a digital nomad. And I think that hopefully, again, I can I implore people who are listening to the podcast who, you know, are trying to keep up the Joneses. You know, you often see this. It's not just specific to certain industries, but in the UK, you see it a lot of people who enter the cities, so the city of London, whether it's financial careers, you know, consultants, accountants. And, you know, they're always talking at lunch about I'm getting this car I'm going on this holiday. I'm buying this this new bag, this new kind of. I think this new materialistic possession, and if that's what makes you happy, perfectly fine. You know, I'm not here to pass judgment on any other person. I'm no better than no one else here on this earth. But I think, like you did in your own transition, I think it's just for people just to kind of test that. And I, I, I always I, I, there's a funny, quite always think of like, you know, I'd rather not be doing a job earning money to buy shit to impress people I don't like. And I just think you, I just really implore people to to you know reflect on that point, you know.
1: You are so wise. at such a young age. Um, (laughs) I kind of wish I could take out of your brain and, you know, uh, get that into my brain at a younger age, like if I could go back and and do things over. But we are just wherever we are. I think the thing for me, the life that I led previously was very extravagant. It was Mm -hmm. about stuff it was also about having a lot of experiences so i've 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 done a lot of things and i've had a lot of wonderful relationships but i've seen this change in me that i just wouldn't go back i'm not mm. regretful for having had that life but now i have a different perspective and it's been very adventurous I've done a lot of things that I didn't even think I was capable of doing. And I would implore people when you do come to a crossroads and you're saying to yourself, why am I doing the job I'm doing? Am I doing it because my parents wanted me to become an accountant? Am I, you know, doing, as you pointed out, Michael, the people who were trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, they're kind of trying to drive the bigger car or carry that more expensive handbag. Um, you know, that may lose its luster after a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm yeah, just curious, no, I- I'm curious for you, because I know you're also, you know, transitioning yourself from one situation to another. How have you found this, change you know what are you experiencing right now
0: definitely thanks for the for the question s j and i think just you know just on on that the final piece i would say just on that before i kind of turn to myself is again i I can't remember the book or, or, or podcast i heard this from but when people are thinking to buy these materialistic possessions just a little circuit breaker is if you were the only person on the planet would you still buy this and I think that's really good. So when it's a Gucci handbag or whatever it is, a Rolex, whatever it is. And again, don't get me wrong. Like I, I still, I like possessions myself. And just because I say one thing doesn't mean I'm, I'm right. Um, you know, you have to take what I say as well as others with a pinch of salt. But that really helps reframe things. And I think, am I buying this to be, you know, seen better amongst my peers? Or am I actually buying this for a practical utility, per, you know, purpose, I suppose. Um, And stuff like a laptop, a phone, I probably would buy that still because I can access various things. I can use a phone for various, various um, reasons. Whereas like a, a designer handbag or designer this, perhaps I would, you know, stray away from that. So I think that's just, that's one thing. But, but for me, you know, it, it's a good, Question: I think the biggest thing that I found that's really helped centred me in my transition, uh, and perhaps you you can speak a little bit to this as well, is values. So like whenever I kind of coach uh, individuals, um, the first kind of uh, session I do with any people is always around values. Because I think regardless of what you're trying to do, you know, values can change over time. You know, they're often more five, 10 years. They don't really change day after day but they're real core fundamentals within your being. Uh, and you are often find when someone's triggered, it's usually because it's triggered a value. Uh, and I, I've spoke about my values before, but my values are fulfilment, um, freedom, in- integrity, and lifelong learning. Uh, and it's no surprise why that's drawn me to coaching because, you know, to coach, you have to be full of integrity. You, you're not trying to lead someone astray. You've got to kind of live by kind of strong values in that regard. Um, there isn't much more fulfilling things you can do than turn up to simply help people be the best versions of themselves. So that's, that. it. And um, freedom, like yourself, you can do it from anywhere in the world. You can be a digital nomad. And, you know, if you're consistent and courageous and you do it for a long period of time, it can allow you to live the, the life you want to live. And, and lifelong learning, I suppose. It's like, you can be 85, 90, and you still can learn stuff as a coach. You can never be a perfect coach. And for some people that will completely throw them off, but for me, that actually excites me because I can, you know, be eighty, fifty, forty, sixty 50, 40, 60 years on and still be learning things day to day. So that that's the the biggest thing I always chime out a lot about is values and what, what's helped me in my transition.
1: I love that you use values as your jumping off point, your starting point, that foundational point. That is very much in alignment with what we do at Super Purposes as well. That's one mm-hmm. of the steps where we say, what are your values? And very often people, they don't know. They'll say, well, my family, they'll have like one or two things. And then we give them a list and they go, oh, and they start circling things and you see their faces light up. And then when you say, okay, now you need to drill it down to your top five. Like, you know, you can value the whole list. You can just circle the whole list and say that, but not all of it is, is as important as those top Five and once yeah. when they drill that down now align your values with where you want to work because the place you work needs to have the same ingredients that matter to you so yeah. i love that you brought that up oh my gosh my friend we are total soul what do i want to say soul siblings i I would be like the great auntie or something at this point (laughs) i'm 60 years old i don't know i'd have to do the math but i feel like i'm quite more mature than you
0: well well you know i i i have a lot to think for my parents and of course i you know i have to take some responsibility myself but my my parents also had me late in life so my my dad is in his mid to late 70s, so he had I me mean, very late in life, and my mum is mid uh, 60s. So, uh, okay. yeah, you, you're not, I wouldn't say you're an aunt, you, you know, you're okay. not that old, you're all good. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right, all right.
0: Um... So, with, with, with values, we've touched on, kind of, like you said, it, it's nice to hear it's a shared thing that we both kind of focus very much on uh, helping our clients uh, to have that transition and find jobs. I'm wondering, is there any other kind of strategies or, or kind of uh, key insights that you focus on in in super purposes uh to kind of help people with their with their career
1: yeah well you know we're we're, we're kind of oddballs we're kind of a cabal of weirdos um <laughs> at our company uh we have tons of creative people and we're all over the map um and all different ages and backgrounds um and I think what we bring is thinking that is not is com- not common in this industry. So one of the things in America, I don't know about England, you can fill me in, but one thing in America is whenever somebody looks for a job, they immediately go online and they start filling out online applications. Mm-hmm. And we will always tell them, don't even fill out one. Don't fill out one application. It is a broken disaster. Um, Particularly in America, only 20% of all jobs are online. So the other 80%, which is the bigger piece of the pie, it's not even online. Yeah. So the way to get to those jobs is by identifying where you want to work and then start making friends at that place develop relationships start getting um some people call them informational interviews i like to just call them a conversation you yeah. know michael and michael you and i have met we're way you know i'm way across the pond from you i'm on the other side of the land and yet here we are starting a friendship Getting to know each other. I've already invited you over to stay, you know, in my casita here in California. And so this is what I mean when when we have these kind of relationship starts, you will start thinking about me for opportunities that come your way that you don't want, or maybe you think, oh, we should get SJ. She could fill that spot in a second. And likewise, I'm going to be thinking about you things and ways that we could work together in the future. So that's what we teach people. And mm-hmm. what happens is they end up getting a job that is much more determined upon their desire, their target, their uh, their audience that they want to work with versus randomly just filling out applications that go into a machine. Anyway, no human being sees the application. No. So we teach people a different way of getting the job, landing where they want to land, working with the people who are going to honor them, being in that environment. And it's just a different way of of doing it. And I think it's a more successful way um, because there's more happiness that's aligned with you making the determination of where you want to work versus what's available.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I and you know, I know you call yourself loads of creative oddballs, but I I think you're onto a winner with that one. You know, I, I in in the kind of third pillar of the coaching I do, it's called um how will I get there. One of the key bits is exactly what you said is around networking, because I um I, I've seen various studies in the UK. I would say it's more like forty percent, perhaps forty percent of jobs. Uh, are not actually advertised and they're, they're kind of just uh, vacancies with, within organizations. So it's still a large old portion. Um, And yeah, I'd say, and I also think it kind of saves you some um, potential pitfalls, you know, that you can have good jobs, bad jobs. I, I honestly think it's all learning. I don't really see it as failures, but what it can do is when you talk to these people, so you find a career, you find a company, you find a role, and you can approach people in that organization. They can tell you the things that you wouldn't see in a job description or even on the website. They can tell you what actually is the company culture like and what actually are their learning opportunities. Yes, they have it plastered on their website, but when's the last time they've done some sort of learning or personal development, you know, in their career? And it can give you some real tangible kind of gold dust in terms of advice. And, you know, they might even say to you, you know, people are, you're very surprised actually how open people can be on LinkedIn when you approach them and ask for advice. They might say it's a really good job for this, but actually if I was you and I wanted to start early, I would, you know, the industry's great, but I would actually look at X, you know, because they might give you much more uh, opportunities for personal development, whereas this is the sort of place you want to come once you've got that personal development behind you and you're wanting to start cashing on on, on various other kind of bigger projects and more responsibility, for instance. So I I completely agree with, with that point around networking. I think it's really, really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing, so I love that you brought that up. So that's like another benefit, and even another benefit that just bubbled up for me as you were talking is your competition isn't doing what we're talking about. Yeah. Your competition is going online, they're filling out an application like everybody else, but you can be the unique person who is actually working with a coach like Michael or myself, or our company, and really kind of being more in charge of what you want, where you're going to go, you know, Mm -hmm. what that's going to look like. It is a very different approach. It is, um, some people have told me, oh my gosh, it seems like it takes so long. It's 12 weeks. Um, The reality is, I think it's faster than filling out a million applications to never hear from anybody. Yep. So I think it's a faster approach. I think it's a more direct approach. And I think it's a, it's a more fulfilling approach because you're syncing up what matters to you, to your mission, and what you would be doing at a company or working with an individual. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you're working for a company. You could be working for an or, a nonprofit organization. You could be working for a specific group of people. You know, mm-hmm. you could start your own business. There's a lot of, you know, ways to make money and have a career. Um, so, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I, I think I think you're right in what you said. And I think twelve weeks, when you really think about it, there's a there's a thing called a sunk cost fallacy. So when people have done five, ten years in a profession, and they think, oh, I can't possibly transition to another job because you know I've spent all that time. And I think as we kind of briefly discussed even before we started, like, no, you, you haven't wasted that time at all. You know, that, that experience is only going to stand you in a better place for when you transition. And like you said earlier, it's only just going to make you more unique for that place because you're going to come with a, a really interesting sales background or a really interesting IT background. And you can utilize that into the role. And yes, you might spend five, 10 years in a, a, a certain career or a certain industry, but like you've got another unfortunately i hate to say it most usually 20 30 years in your career because obviously you know pensions and all the rest are kind of going up and up uh, in terms of when we can kind of take those things so is 12 weeks really a long time to kind of make the most of that 20 years definitely isn't
1: it it isn't because i think also that 12 weeks will serve you for your entire life Mm. what you learn the tactics the tools the negotiating the understanding that an interview should never feel like an interrogation yeah. it should always be a conversation you know these are skills that we can teach people and they will carry it with them forever so it is well worth it um i was just thinking about we we um i, I wanted to mention We worked on a docu-series. I said that I did a lot of different things, uh, you know, since starting Super Purposes. And one of the things that I never thought that I would ever become would be an award-winning filmmaker. Mm. I just did not see that. But when COVID happened and we, you know, shut down, I was living in Seattle, Washington, uh we were the first place that shut down because in america that's where they pulled the bodies out of a old folks home uh 11 people had died from covid and everyone went in the hazmat suits and we didn't know what covid was and so seattle just closed really really early in 2020 and i was devastated as everyone was um i lost all of my income in one week Um, I had booked about uh, $17,000 worth of work, and it all got canceled in a flash. And I was sitting there saying to myself, what are we going to do? We might have to close our company. And I came to this realization that we're not the sort of people that run and hide from a problem we actually run towards the problem. We're, we're the firefighters who run into the fire to save the people. That's always the visual that I have for this. So then I said, how are we going to help other people in this predicament? So I said out loud, I always tell my ideas, my my really weird ideas. I tell them to people who already love my ideas. Mm-hmm. So they just confirm whatever I, I'm coming up with. And I went to my team and I said, I think we should do a docu-series on unemployed people during COVID and help them get jobs. And everybody was like, yeah. And I said, okay, I said it. You agreed. Now we have to do it. That's yep. part of that integrity piece, right? <laughs> so we casted five uh, individuals across America. They were unemployed or underemployed. They were all walks of life. And we shot everything through Skype uh, video. Uh, they set up their cameras as a second camera. So we had them set up you know, for other shots. And we basically created a docu-series. And we just won our first award. We're up for- Two more awards, and we take them through a twelve week journey where they take our online course I'm their personal coach um their career coach, and you know there's some laughs there's some tears i I, I probably cried the most um, <laughs> but it it really was fun and exciting and because we just won our first award, we have our IMDB page We're the first company in the world to have an i m d b page and but we're not an entertainment company, so this is totally new and um we're getting a lot of attention for it so it's it's really been um uh, exciting
0: yeah and 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 honestly you know firstly congratulations on on being you know being award award winning and good luck with the, with the other two and Thank and i you. think like it's really for for our listeners i'm thinking for for those who are listening in it'd be really interesting to hear of those kind of five people that you, you know, you were their personal kind of career coach. What were some of like the kind of the key insights and the things that, you know, you felt like helped them? Uh, Cause I'm wondering for, for the people who are listening, they can obviously take some of the, And I will definitely include links for people to watch that, for, you know, no doubt. But what were some of the key insights that people can take away for, from that, that experience, do you think?
1: I think every episode we really drill down to what, The steps are Um, so you leave. I think each episode feeling rather satisfied that now you've Mm -hmm. got homework. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the most notable thing for all five of them, they would say, was how much networking they had never done previously. But now they do. Mm. So they changed their perception about meeting strangers. You know, they all said stranger danger. That's something that, you know, we all laughed about. Um, But I said, no, you have to talk to strangers. You have to start developing relationships with strangers. You have to put yourself out there. And we had a lot of exercises and we would get them prepared. And it's, it's really interesting how they all ended up. Um, not all of it was, you know, not all of it, of, of it was tied up in a bow and a per- perfect package. Some of them were, some of them didn't, you know, work out. Uh, but I think that's reality. I think that's life. Yeah. And yep. sometimes we will have success and sometimes we won't. So there's a learning lesson for everybody in the docu series, yep. and it's called from ground zero to career superhero
0: perfect it sounds, so. sounds good and uh, and like i said I, I, we we definitely include a uh, uh, kind of a link in the show notes for, you. For, for to to check that check that out and just just kind of g- going back a little bit i suppose in in terms of uh, some of the, the key bits um super purposes does and supports you mentioned the interviews which i think is a, re- a really good one that will hopefully help the people listening i i really like the the premise and, and what you said about you shouldn't you know see interviews as conversations and i more yeah. and more you know, as I've kind of grown in terms of my personal experience and professional experience, I've gone more and more uh, comfortable with interviews and realising that actually, yes, they're interviewing me to join their company, but let's not forget I'm interviewing them to make, you know, make sure if I'm a good fit, if they're a good fit for me as well. So I I think the conversation, almost like any exchange of value, you would have a conversation say, right, what, what are you selling me? You know, what what can I have to offer? You know, is it my money, time, whatever it is? And I now go into kind of interviews that are much more equal in terms of coaching. Coaching's an equal relationship. I see the interview similar, like we're we're both equals in the room. So, you know, it's not just me, 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 you know, it's also like what what do you have to to bring me to to the table? So what what's your, your thoughts around around all that?
1: Michael, you just did something that I do every day where I put my hands up like this. And I talk about having the conversation because the conversation should be like this. The interviewer asks a question, mm-hmm. you answer, and then you throw back a question. And then they answer your question. They ask you another question. You answer. And it's a yep. back and forth. What is so bizarre and weird, I don't know if you all do this in England. You can confirm it or not. <laughs> in America, we do this absolutely the most bizarre thing we will have the interviewer ask a question the interviewee answers and they wait then the interviewer asks another question the interviewee answers and then they wait And so what happens in this dialogue is the interviewer is now, you know, kind of looking down and going, oh, okay, this is not going to be my colleague. Mm. They're looking for someone who is of equal value. They're looking for someone who they can go have go to the pub with. They're looking for someone who can play on their uh, football team. They're looking for camaraderie for the person who is going to hug them when they have a problem at work. They're looking for that development of relationship. Mm. And because we do this weird thing, you know, many people are, are saying, I'm afraid to interview. I'm afraid that I'm going to give the wrong answer. And I say, well, ask the question first. If somebody says, um, you know, we, uh, what software would you recommend to our company? My first question would say, would be, well, I don't know what's your problem.
0: Mm-hmm. I want
1: to know what your problem is. If you tell me what the problem is, then I'm going to have a solution. I'll tell you yeah. what software I would recommend. And that develops that conversation instead of just sitting there and rattling off every software that you can think of You're not really talking to them about what they care about. And that's your job during the interviews to find out what are your problems? I can solve them. Do I like you? Yes. No. Uh, Do you like me? I mean, that's what you're trying to find out. So I am so in alignment with you. I absolutely adore you, my friend. That's (laughs) Thank,
0: thank you SJ. I, I, I don't hear that every day so uh, thank, thank you thank you for that. I'll have, to, I'll have to tell my wife though you've got to be careful so that <laughs> but I, I, I just I just would say I you know I completely agree with what you said in terms of that, that equal kind of relationship and, and to confirm your, your question in the UK often it is similar it is a uh, you know question asked you answer the question and then you, you wait and then you get asked another question and you answer it and it's only right at the end that the interviewer will then say, do you have any questions for me? So it's much more structured. But I I agree with your stance. Like I often try, I think, when people are talking and they get into that interview stage, I think when you you really want to kind of figure out what their problems are and almost I I try and interview them to give me the answers, I often say, you know, in the first three months or the first 100 days is the thing we always talk about, And what would you want the successful candidate to have achieved in that time? And they will they will tell you they will literally give away the answers and say, I want this successful candidate to do X, Y, Z, build a plan, whatever the job is. And then you have that in the bank. So for the rest of the interview, you can now repeat what they want you to have done in the first hundred days and show you why you're you're, you're the perfect fit.
1: I mean, it is so easy because you're just going to deliver on what they want. It is. Yeah. So you're very, very, very good at this. I already know. I'm sure, I am sure your clients are incredibly lucky to have you.
0: Peg, they really
1: peg. are. Um, well,
0: we're always I'm, learning. We're always learning.
1: <laughs> now, so I'm just curious, um, how, uh, when you engage with a new client, what's the timing usually for you from beginning to end?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So because you, you mentioned your, your kind of 12 week step process. So usually sessions are around 10 to 12 sessions um that, that I kind of deliver with people. And I'm not I'm not like a, a carbon cut uh, or cookie cutter, should I say. Um so it's like, you know, you just go through like a like a machine. It's yeah. usually around 10 to 12 sessions, but I will adjust it based on the person's journey and also their level of self-awareness, you know what they bring into the table. Um, and then what I often is, is it's split into three pillars. So the first pillar is who am I? And it's all focused around self-awareness. So it's focused around, you know, do they know their strengths, their motivations, their values, their life purpose, you know, their preferences for work? Like, do they know all these things about themselves? And uh, you'll be you'll be very surprised. Well, you, you won't probably because you, you've dealt with obviously many clients. But you'll be surprised by how many people don't know the things they, they're good at, the things they enjoy, their preferences. And for me, most importantly, their values and then ultimately their kind of wider life purpose. So that is the first kind of pillar, and that will usually be uh, we we'll meet every two to three weeks, and that will be kind of three four four hour sessions. Uh, then the second pillar um, is what is my path. So now they know who they are. What is the path they want to go? And this is where we get a bit more creative with idea creation of um, some of the roles. You can maybe use stuff like Icky Guy. You can maybe use things like uh, Letter to Myself. And, I and love
1: the- Icky Guy.
0: Icky Guy is a good one. What was your experience using Icky Guy?
1: Well, just the whole connection of everything is connected and just doing things in a more thoughtful um, and holistic way. But I love that you, and, and so finish up your pillars. I'm, you know, I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> it's all
0: good it's all good so like, like, it's roughly three to four sessions each so i've covered the first one who am i we go into what is your path so that's where we do more creative exercises like ikigai and there's things like letter to myself uh where you kind of put yourself in the future year ahead as if you're already there and you write to yourself you know it's um or it's july 2024 and um, my name is michael Glassick. i've had an amazing year and these are the reasons why and you state it as if it's done. Uh, and then that would then very clearly kind of articulate the things you want to do. And and then the third piece sometimes is we might uh, utilise visualizations, which for me as a visual person is probably the most powerful thing. So that's really putting themselves into that state and I will ask kind of provocative questions around their senses. So they're, you know, what like what can they smell, what can they see, who are they talking to? Uh, and this is all to kind of get an idea of, it's not um, like a, a machine. I'm going to say, right, you're going to be a veterinary surgeon. It's not It's not that, but it's kind of understanding what is the path that they want to take. And then the very last bit that we kind of touched on briefly is how do I get there? And again, that's roughly three sessions, meeting every two to three weeks. Uh, and that's then starting to put into the real kind of tangible, like an action plan. Is there interview skills we need to look at? Is there educational requirements The biggest bit, the networking. So can we, can we like target people on LinkedIn who are in that path, who are you, but three years ahead? What have they done? What's their education? Um, And that's when we really start to build a real nice kind of key action plan for them to to follow. Uh, So all all in all, uh, roughly, like I said, 10 to 12 sessions every two to three weeks, but depending on people's preference. Uh, And that really gives them a good solid ground and foundation to kind of make, make that transition.
1: I really like, uh, your structure. I think for many people, they do not spend enough time on those first two pillars Mm. or even the all three, you know, they spend more time on fill out the application, get the job. And if you can do that work, it's a lot like therapy, actually, by the way, do you know how many therapists, how many, um, career coaches it takes to change a light bulb.
0: Oh, I haven't heard this joke. I can't answer this one. <laughs> no, okay. no. Uh,
1: only one, but the light bulb has really got to want to be changed.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, but you're spending more time on that front side, which I think is so critical because we're talking about your lifetime. Yeah. We're not just talking about the next job. A career is something so different than the job. And um, wow, I've, I've got a page full of notes here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully people who've listened as well. Um, I, I always, um, you know, there's a chap called Alex Hormosey who I who I follow, who's in the business world. And he says, you know, um make your free stuff better than people's paid stuff you know really kind of serve from a place of value and i really hope like you know you, you don't necessarily need to come to me for coaching straight away hopefully this is a reason for the podcast it's to give nuggets of information to people to utilize right now um but ultimately as i said what a coach is a coach helps guide support and challenge you so hopefully you can utilize that now and start getting some quick wins but then if you actually want someone like like uh, SJ or myself, and our, our details, again, will be in the show notes, you can then pair with someone to really kind of be your partner, to guide you, to support you. But equally, probably most importantly, to challenge you to kind of uh, follow that structure and kind of uh, achieve achieve the goals you want.
1: I think it is about being ready, that people really need to be ready and they have to make the commitment and not fall short of the commitment halfway through when things get. little rough or when they start to realize, you know, within themselves, that self-reflection of, oh my goodness, everything that I've done up to this point may have not been the best decisions and now I have to really change. And so the commitment and being ready, um, it is, I think, paramount to success. Um, yeah. I just love what you said right there. That was that was really excellent.
0: Thank you, <laughs> thank you, SJ. I, I, I appreciate, it. and I think at the end of the day, if if anything of what we shared, and I, I'm, I'm sure it has, if any of the insight and knowledge we shared has helped listeners, um, and you want to learn more and find out more about us, then, then please do. But but on that that same thought, I suppose uh, to kind of start to pull our, our episode uh, to, to to a close, I'm thinking some of the advice you've had a very extensive and varied uh, kind of career and you've had multiple experiences yourself, SJ. I, I, it's a tough question, but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, what 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 would you say if you were to speak to SJ, say 10, 20, 30 years ago, um, what do you think would be some of the advice you would have given that, that, that person
1: then? Oh my goodness. Um, what would I give that person? Uh, I, think. I think uh, it's, it, it's a tough one because, you know, the, the, the not being sober was a mm-hmm. big component to that lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I think without having a... So so here's what I would say. I would say without a sober mind, uh, you're really kind of buried in the matrix. You're kind of living a facade of a life and um and to get get sober sooner i mm-hmm. think i would have accomplished a lot more things by now but you know what we are wherever we are so i'm just grateful that it happened when i turned 50 so i've been sober 10 years now and um i'm out and loud about it and i always ask people you know to to consider um if they're struggling uh with alcohol or addiction or behavior in areas to take a good look at it and to get help so that 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 would be the message to my younger self
0: yeah Yeah. amazing thank you so much SJ and I think I really hope that that kind of resonates with with, with people and you know like we said right at the beginning it's kind of very full circle that at the beginning people often live for the weekend and they're grinding away they're you know, just just kind of maybe drinking. You you have that in certain industries and in certain cultures. Again, I I reference the it's city true. that that's very much a strong culture around networking and getting up in the workplace. Um, but I I think it's important to kind of live by your own morals and your own values and what you enjoy. And if you don't enjoy that, um, and you you do need, you know, sometimes it, it it's absolutely fine to ask for support to help with that kind of transition. Um, whether it's kind of alcohol careers, whatever it may be. So. And um, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's that's a that's a beautiful kind of piece of advice to, to share with others. So, if people enjoyed this conversation and, and they um, they want to kind of continue and, and reach out to yourself, SJ, like like I said, I'll, I'll be sure to include all, all, all links in the show notes. But where, where's the best place they can go to to find yourself?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn, so I'm Super Julie Braun. I'm the only Super Julie Braun you'll find there, so you know it's quite immediate. Um, just connect with me i connect with everybody i'm very uh you know uh 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 inclusive yeah. um and at superpurposes.com uh we have a website we have a lot of blogs great stories we help people with interviewing our docu series is you know, there, there's, you know, just a lot going on. So, and we're also launching a new um, course in September, October of this year for people who want to change their careers. So, yeah.
0: Perfect. No problem. So thank thank you for your time. Uh, And like, like I said, for the listeners, if they, you know, the the links will be uh, in the show notes and can I check, check uh, SJ out. Um, Whether you, you, you know, it's SJ, myself, and um, you know I'll, I'll be on there michaelglassiccoaching.com. So you, we're both here to inherently help support people be the best version to themselves. Um, and you, you know you do have to be a little bit open for it. But if you're feeling a mix of nervousness and excitement, that's probably a good sign that that you're you're kind of ready to to make that transition. So without further ado, um th- thank you again, Sj. Thank you to everyone who's listened today, uh, and I will see you on the next episode of Catapult Your Career. Okay. Uh...